This is Dyson X, the podcast, episode 231 for the week of August 29th, 2010. Welcome to Dyson X, the podcast, an extension of the all encompassing Dragon Ball fan site, Dyson X. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. Hello, hello. It is the core trio yet again. Good to be back with everyone here. We're going to start with our introductions off back in Japan. Julian, welcome back to the show. Welcome back to Japan. I welcome you there even though I'm not there. Okay. Well, yeah, but I am back in Japan and it is fucking hot. <laughs> You come back to the States for a few weeks and you get a mouth like a sailor. I know. All of a sudden, Julian's cursing again. It's awesome. Oh, my God. It is close to 100 every day since I've been back. What is it usually? Why is this such a big deal? Because I was in the U.S. where it was, you know, in the (laughs) 80s and nice. Gotcha. It was pretty nice up there. Yeah, it was. Especially up by the water. Oh, perfect. I couldn't have asked for a better day, I tell you what. Damn right. But the wife and the baby are doing fine, and the baby's just since yesterday started to sleep at night again, so... Oh, lovely. <laughs> I wonder if she had jet lag. Uh, well, not jet lag, but uh, definitely struggling with the time zones. Well, welcome back to the show, Julian. Thank you. And then across from me over here in New Jersey, Mary, hello. Hi. I haven't gone anywhere. I'm no. just here in the basement. <laughs> That's right. With you. In the, the dark basement room. It's not dark. We have four recess lights. It's actually rather nice, except for the bleak, dark brown walls. Yes, I'm going to fix that with a dark acoustic foam at some oh, point. Oh, you're still planning on doing that? I still am, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we got Julian, we got Mary. That leaves me, the ringleader. My name is Mike Vegito BX. Each and every week, I collect some of my favorite people to come talk about Dragon Ball with me. Because that's what I do. Force. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, dear. <laughs> did I force you to come downstairs? No, Julian, did I force you onto Skype? Well, no, but my wife was kind of suspicious about my sudden disappearance. <laughs> Turns around, there's Julian. I'm upstairs where it's quiet and I can turn on the air conditioner, so... All right. (laughs) It's good to have you all here. We are on track with the podcast. It's great to be on schedule. This week on the show, we are going to cover the Kokoro no Hane CD single. It is the second closing theme to Dragon Ball Kai. The CD single with 11 different versions. We'll tell you all about that later on. We've got all your regular news, releases, emails, all that good stuff coming up. Housekeeping, stuffage things. I guess the only thing I really have to mention is that parts one through six of our Otakon panel, 10 Things You Didn't Know About Dragon Ball. Mary, you were there? Yes. And you were there. there. (laughs) You were there. You were there. You weren't there, Julian. In spirit. Yes. Well, I I was recovering from jet lag and um, hanging out with my daughter and my wife and my parents. That's fine. Some of your research and translations were there in spirit along with us. So that was good. And our buddy Heath from Konzentai. Parts one through six videos are up. Part seven is done and I'm finishing up the edits on part eight to go up. Hopefully those will be up with this podcast episode. And that just leaves parts nine and ten and then the entirety of the panel will be online. I'm pretty excited about that. It's the first time we've ever put the video of a panel up alongside with the audio and all that good stuff. Isn't technology amazing? It is. We truly live in the future today, Mary. So that's uh, all I got for housekeeping stuff. Anyone have anything you want to toss into the mix? Mm, I don't know. (laughs) 
<laughs> um, that's pretty much it. Oh, I bought a pair of dress shoes. <laughs> Julian, kind of nice. I feel like every time I talk to you, you've bought more clothing. Well, see, the thing is that in Japan, shoes in particular are so hard to find in my size. Yeah. And if I do find them, they're cheap crap that I have to throw away after a couple of wearings. Yeah. So this is exciting for me. All right. I'm very excited for you as well, then. All right. So, Mary, I'm assuming you got nothing. I can't think of anything. Let's talk about some news. Ah, I am so awful. This was really the only significant news last week, and somehow it completely missed the show notes, the role for the show. Mary, what is the thing we missed last week? All right. I'm shocked we missed this, too, but the plan to eradicate the signs on... um, Oh, God, what the hell game is it on? It's Raging Blast See 2. how much I care about the game? I care about the subject matter. I don't care about the game. Right. Anyway, Raging Blast 2 is actually going to be sub only, so no dub for this thing. Funimation tweeted on August 18th that they have no involvement with this, and it's going to be in Japanese only with subtitles, so yay. <laughs> That's, That's it. Okay. <laughs> That's all there is Sorry to Sorry we forgot to mention it in a timely fashion. Right. The, the next tweet from Funimation was sort of a backpedal on that, where it was almost, well, we really have nothing to say about it right now. Of course, we would love to do it, and, you know, we'll maybe pursue it later, and blah, 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 blah and kind of, like, forget about what I just said. So, I really, really think there's going to be a separate release later on, maybe a Blu-ray release. That would be smart, I would think. If you want to watch it. You're going to be watching it in Japanese, and what's up? I mean, that's not a problem for us at all, but I know for we like to read smaller contingent of the fan base. That's not what they were looking forward to. But you either watch it or you don't, and you can hold out for it. So that's the uh, deal there. Little tiny bit of news is Dragon Soul, the opening to Dragon Ball Kai. A little bit of an animation update. Last time it was updated was way back in episode 55. Significant episode. That's when things switched over. Uh, it was updated this last week in episode 60. 69, I think it was, with uh, shots of Cell. Not a whole lot to say about it. You know, you think I, I would have noticed because I actually watched it last week. Did but you? I was, <laughs> I was, Live I was distracted and in by the baby, so I didn't see those shots. Gotcha. <laughs> the previous one only hinted at Cell. I think you saw his tail. It did show uh, 19, 20, 17, and 18. This was um, Super Saiyan Goku uh, fighting Cell, beginning of the Cell game, and some ending shots there. Um, that's it. Mary, you got any thoughts on it? No, they're, they're pretty. I like that they're doing the intermittent quasi updates every couple. There were two versions of I don't want to say two versions of the first opening because we're still in the first opening, but they threw some Frieza stuff into Dragon Soul a little bit way through the series, too. So it's nice that they're doing that. Uh, Speaking of Kai, Julian, we got a music update here. Yes, we have updates about Kai soundtrack and three songs. No, no, Kai soundtrack three and songs. I'm dyslexic today. Anyway, um, yes, Kai Soundtrack 3 and Songs. It was originally solicited as character song and background music at the beginning of the month. It's now called Dragon Ball Kai Soundtrack 3 and Songs. It will indeed include TV-sized versions of the opening and ending, along with Tata Hitori no Senshi, the lone warrior, performed by Takeshi Kusao, who is the voice of Trunks. All right, Mary, thoughts? I want to hear him sing. We've never had a song with him singing before. Didn't he actually release an album? Uh, If he did, I don't know. I mean... Sorry. I'm, pretty I'm not sure. as hardcore as you like to think I am as ter- in terms of, like, trunk stuff. I think you had information about this on your site. Maybe I point. did, but I don't know it was on my site. <laughs> All right. Anyway, Julian, onward. Next, we have Sergei Muno Oshirase, News of the Shell Game, performed not by Norio Wakamoto, but by Kenji Otsuki. So, apparently, it's not an in-character song. No. And then, lastly, we have My 18th Magic, performed by... 
Canon. That's a weird, weird, weird capitalization. Yeah, this is uh, someone who's been around for a while, contributed some background music, um, composed and arranged uh, songs like Over the Star, which was the first insert song. I'm uh. fairly certain this is actually a pseudonym for someone else, because I know Kenji Yamamoto goes under another name when he does um, some of the game music. There are songs, there are something and Ken's and Canon, but it was actually Kenji Yamamoto in there. So this might be a name for someone else. It's a, a voice we've heard in the background. And so, I don't know, my 18th magic. Do we think this is going to be something about number 18? It's kind of a weird name. Yeah, possibly. Well, full track listing and cover art is still forthcoming. So stay tuned. <laughs> right. CD's actually out the end of September. So um anticipating hearing some more about it pretty soon last bit of news is tag versus the upcoming psp game there's a demo available the only caveat is that it's a japanese demo on the japanese playstation store went up on the 26th the playable characters are goku vegeta piccolo kudadin number 19 and number 20 slash dr gero this is fully playable on any psp you just either need to figure out how to connect to the japanese psn there was one night mary i actually had to Andrew sit down with me and we set up a Japanese account on yeah, the PS3. That. So that was perfect. I can just go in there and get stuff. Uh, you can actually download it yourself from Namco Bandai's website. They put up a zip file with the demo. You'll need, uh, I forget what the PSP takes. Is it a mini SD card? Something like that. You'll need uh, a reader on your computer if you want to transfer it there, but you can just download it if you have the capability to do that. So I'm actually going to try to talk with someone over the weekend about this demo. As Mary, you haven't played it. I, I doubt I'll get you to play this demo or this game at any point. So. Uh, I, I wouldn't count on it. Right. So I'm going to find someone else to talk with. And if I can find them, we're going to talk about it as our first topic, first mini topic right now. Sorry, folks, that just didn't happen this week. We will try to cover it next time on the show. Kokoro no Hane, the second closing theme to Dragon Ball Kai. I guess we should give a little background on who performs this. And Julian, as the man in Japan, being inundated with these folk, I'll let you tell the story. Yes, so there's this idol group based out of Akihabara in Tokyo called AKB48, which has 48 members. This is about four times as many people as are usually in Morning Musume for the previous gigantic all-girl idol group. Now, I gotta ask you, Julian, has the torch kind of been taken away from Morning Musume? I haven't heard anything about them in years now, so I'm, I'm, ass well, I'm, I'm assuming they're still out there, but I think AKB48 has probably taken a lot of their thunder. Gotcha, all right. Um... And recently, I guess since the, since the beginning of this year, they've just been everywhere advertising for all sorts of crap. And right, uh, actually, as I was watching the video that um, came with the single here, I realized that one of the people in another commercial that I thought had nothing to do with the group is also a <laughs> member of AQB48. Gotcha. And I thought I can't escape them; they're everywhere. <laughs> so that's basically what uh, AQB48 is about. And a group of seven of the 48 um, recorded the second ending theme for Dragon Ball Kai, uh, Kokoro no Hane, which first appeared on episode 55 uh, back on May 2nd, which was the start of the new story arc. And the single was released on July 21st in 11 different versions. I suppose, <laughs> in a way, it's a sort of marketing genius. Yeah. When you have 48 members of the main group and seven in the smaller one you can 
Mark it for fans of each individual member, even though that is entirely creepy. It's um, very creepy. <laughs> um, so, Mike, you personally ordered the Team Dragon Limited Edition and the Minami Takahashi Limited Edition. I did. Mary, you agreed with me. Uh, admit it. You agreed I did. with me. If I was going to get one of the creepy alternate versions, might as well get the one who's the leader of the group, right? Right, because supposedly she's the one that's actually a Dragon Ball fan, so Correct. may as well treat it somewhat legitimately but i feel like these girls are pokemon <laughs> with the 11 different versions you gotta catch them all oh oh it's worse because it comes with cards oh no training and cards they are collectible cards you get one for each girl oh, and wow. armored from there all right before we talk about the you know the bonus dvd and all that we should talk about the songs i guess the only way i can sum up Kokoro no Hane at this point. It's been a while since May. We've been hearing it with the series and the CD single. This is the most apathetic I've ever been about a Dragon Ball song. I, I don't dislike it, but I don't like it at the same time. It just kind of exists for me. Can anyone else do anything more than that for me here in a review? Just um, my takeaway from it is that if it was a theme song for like a really girly anime or a kid's, I mean, I know Dragon Ball's a kid anime, um, <laughs> a non-shonen anime, I would buy it more. Not, okay. Not physically buy, but right. like I would buy into it more. But this does not strike me as being Dragon Ball in any way, shape or form, but it's a cute song. I'd agree with it. But I mean, we have had things like Zenkai Power. Right, right. Kind of, it's a, it's a silly song, but it's, it's not really a poppy song either. It fits in sort of the, especially the weird sort of. Yeah, it's quirky. Ersatz China atmosphere of the original Dragon Ball, even though it's a Dragon Ball Z ending. Right. So Kokoro no Hane is more of a straight up sort of, I don't know, it's bubblegum saccharin pop, and for me at least, well, I thought that the, the full length version of the song was, structurally, it stood on its own better, but I don't like the singing style with. You know, basically, you have the crowd of girls who are singing in unison. Right. Not doing it very well either. No, it's difficult to They don't to even tell harmonize. Like, yeah, they don't yeah. even try to do anything difficult. They're all just singing at once. Right. They, they, they sing the they exact same thing. They can sing on thing. key, but they're obviously not trained singers. Yeah. Yeah. Mary, you are such. <laughs> don't take this the wrong way. You are a harmony whore. You love it. You love singing the harmony parts of songs. Like when I'm listening to the radio or we're playing like rock band and I'm singing along, uh -huh. I always I always play backup singer. Yes, yes. I think it's fun to harmonize. So. And that's really interesting that you pointed that out because it's true. There's really not anything like that. The Japanese style is just to all sing together. It's just not complex at like all. The same voice. I think I mentioned this back on the review of the Sherry CD single where I might as well just be one girl girl singing you can't tell it's them apart. lazy lazy yeah. songwriting lazy it's lazy it's just lazy julian you said the full-length yeah. version stands on its own i agree with you it's probably the most standard pop structure i mean you have chorus verse chorus verse breakdown chorus reprise kind of style to it yeah but is there anything more interesting about this full-length version mm, not Especially, no. I think the lyrics make a tad bit more sense when they're not cut and pasted from different parts of the song. Right, right. But th that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. I will note that the off vocal version, the karaoke version, it does have some kind of fun little worker worker kind of guitar things that you don't hear in the vocal yeah, version. Yeah, I thought that was kind of fun. It, it they're drowned out by the singer. Yeah. <laughs> Make they your really own are. singing. I don't hate the song, though. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, don't think it fits Dragon Ball. Absolutely. And it is, like, obviously a marketing ploy and 
bubblegum and uh, I don't know, I guess on that level it succeeds, but don't expect anything beyond what you see on the surface level. All right, Mary, let me ask you this. The next uh, Dragon Ball vocal mix CD that I make, because every time there's a new game, new Hironobu Kageyama song, I'm always going to make my updated mix CD. Mm-hmm. Is this a song you want me to put on that mix CD? I wouldn't CD? be opposed to it just because, you know, as much as I say this doesn't fit Dragon Ball and I don't picture Dragon Ball when I hear it. If you're talking about a mix CD, at least throw it in there just so I feel like it's the complete collection. And it okay. also, it's so out there that it, it adds a little spice of variety. Yeah, yeah, sure. That's how I feel. All right. I guess those are our final thoughts. Anything you want to toss in there, Julian? I feel like we really have nothing to say about it. I think that's pretty much all I have to say about it. Uh, when we go over the video, I'll have a little bit more to talk yeah, about. Yeah, I'm sure. I think we all have similar comments. Just real briefly mentioned, Julian, I know you haven't had a chance to listen to it. Sekai Juno Ame, which is what rain all throughout the world, all around the world. Yeah. Mary, you and I were listening to it earlier. It's I already forgot it. Ugh. It was just yeah. The only thing I wanted to toss out there, and I actually just tossed this out on Twitter because I was so proud of myself that it dawned on me. You heard me singing early. I'm like, I know this song. Where do I know this melody from? It's exactly the same chorus melody as an old Zard song. I'm going to have to dig out what song it is. I think it's on that best collection that I have. So I'll play a little sample for you at, at some point here in the review just so you can hear the similarities between them. And that made me both like it and loathe it at the same time because it felt like such a carbon copy. I don't know if that's what they were shooting for, if it's just a coincidence. It's such a toss-away song. I don't ever see this being used in Dragon Ball. It's just there to have a track two. Mary, I loved your I loved your quote. You said Kokoro no Hane sounds like a B-side, therefore <laughs> Yeah. Sekai Juno Ame is a seaside song. Uh-huh. Seaside by the seashore. <laughs> Talk about the bonus DVD that came with it. We all took a look at the one that came with the Team Dragon limited edition. So we got to see all the little chippies in a row doing their vocal parts. I guess we'll start with the promotional video, the PV, the music video for the song, which is 
the entire group. And Julian, I'm definitely going to let you chime in in a second with an explanation. But I got to say first, first time I watched it, Mary, you just saw it for the first time today. Yeah. It was completely nonsensical. I didn't get it. There's You go back to the rule video, which was for Dragon Ball Evolution. No connection to Dragon Ball. Same here. Nothing to do with Dragon They all eat something at the end, and there's seven of them. I thought maybe that might be a Dragon Ball. But it, it's not upbeat looking it's very very it's very it's a contradiction of what you hear and what you see right in terms of mood it's very different from the song itself which is poppy and upbeat right right which i you could make work but it wasn't it was just laughable for me but julian you and i were talking earlier today and you said this is actually an homage to something yes the the entire video is a visual reference to the uh terry gilliam's brazil uh a movie that's made must be back in the 1980s. But I think it was 85. I looked it up. It's It's got a lot of sort of <clears throat> heavily references, sort of mid-20th century modernism, and there's lots and lots of ducts everywhere. Yeah, and yeah. Analog screens, and um, actually it's very depressing and slightly paranoia-inducing the way 1984 is. Right, right. Except everybody has a smile on their face the entire time. <laughs> is the best way to describe it. And yet the girls in the video didn't smile at all. Until the end where they were jumping off the cliff. No, or I the don't... building. Okay, yeah. <laughs> right, but it has it has the tiny cars, it has yeah. um, segments where the main character is flying. It, it's, it's hard to explain. <laughs> it's a very bizarre video. Well, now that I know this, I feel like, okay, at least they're trying for something. Yeah. So I, I'm not sure why the visual reference is there, but it is. Oh, and it also opens the same way. In in the movie, it's somewhere in the 20th century, and in the music video, it says somewhere in the 21st century. Right, right. Okay. Wow. Let's take some of the guesswork out of it then, because originally yeah. after I finished watching it, I, I said to you, Mike, that felt like it was going somewhere, and I thought there was going to be a story, but then it just kind of ended, and <laughs> yeah, I, I was yeah. actually kind of enjoying it, despite being very creeped out. I just wanted to see where this was going. Uh, well, if, if it really follows the plot of the movie then the end of the video with them flying is really just the result of them being tortured into insanity but <clears throat> anyway <laughs> awesome we're totally gonna have to rent this movie i'm gonna hold off on doing my written review of the movie now that i know this i feel like i can give some better context to it mary you need to toss this into your uh, netflix rent for will. me do some comparison screenshots and that kind of stuff. The next thing on the disc, though, was a quote-unquote live performance of the song in the uh, the costumes that's on the cover, and they were dancing in the music video. Julian, I toss this over to you. Live performance. What'd you think, man? Well, like, I kind of spot-checked it, but it didn't really sound no, no. like they were actually singing. They oh, were no. dancing, and the audience Poorly. was getting into it. That was um, didn't really sound like a live performance. No. Now, being someone who sings on a regular basis and who has performed, you kind of get a feel for when people are lip syncing and when they aren't. Oh yeah, you should you should hear a little differences in their breath as they're hopping around and stuff, and it's just totally flat. Especially when they're dancing. Yeah, when yeah. you are dancing, that is a late, well, it's it's a physical activity. It takes a lot of energy, and if you're singing at the same time, especially you know moving around, there you're, it's going to be reflected in the way your voice sounds, in where you catch your breath, um, and <clears throat> I didn't really hear that. We really wouldn't expect that though. 
Speaking of the dancing, Mary, I gotta toss this over to you. <laughs> Making fun of the dancing the whole time. What's wrong with it? I don't know. It's just so... There's not a lot of effort put into it. I don't know if that's the fault of the choreographer or You can't what. have them all be Brittany and Christina. So they've just gotta do their little minimalist dances where they kinda... Pada, pada, uh, I don't know if that's just a Japanese Macarena thing or thing. what. But the dancing is always like, so lackluster. Yes. Brittany and Christina... Are you living in the 1990s? I was just about to say that, but I held back. I was like, Mike, you're 10 years a little too late. Find a modern equivalent. Well, I I just assume the Japanese are constantly 10 to 20 years behind. So, I mean, this is where they are with their pop culture. But also, I don't know what the current... (laughs) They they, they love their Lady Gaga and their... um, Okay. What's their faces? I I don't really familiar with them myself, but... That's what I think of. That's the equivalent of our idols, you know? I don't know. Is there really anything else to say about this live performance? Only it's- that um, when it was over, I kept dancing around the house in the style of AKB48 with, like, my hand movements and, and fake smiles. Time. I couldn't stop me. I All around the to kitchen. stop smiling so much because they weren't smiling that big. You have to tone it back. I was doing the funky wrist thing that they do. All right. Let's talk about the most important part of this DVD. The relevant part. So when the cast visits the studio where Dragon Ball Kai is not really being recorded, but uh, Nozawa and Horikawa are there. Julian, can you give us a kind of a skim through of what goes down here? Uh, so um, I, I didn't really watch the whole thing, but basically they come and they peek in on a quote unquote recording session with uh, Vegeta fighting Goku and uh, Masako Nozawa and um, Ryo Horikawa doing their thing. And then they get out and they talk to each other for a little while. And then the um, Team Dragon members get a chance to put their own sort of recording stamp on a scene from later in the series where a little girl is running away from Cell. Yeah, it's the filler airport scene, which is interesting because we talk about Kai and cutting out filler and they end up keeping some filler. So it's interesting that they would choose that scene. And then Nozawa wraps it up at the end with some thoughts. I like that they focus on her and... Everyone says their piece, and that's it. Um, Mary, mm-hmm. <laughs> what'd you think about this? Video? I really enjoyed it, probably more than I should have. Yeah, only because once, especially the girl that seemed like the genuine Dragon Ball fan, the leader, got, the leader had a chance to sit and actually listen and see um, Masako Nozawa and Yo Horikawa doing their pieces. She was getting so excited; it was infectious. Because then I was getting excited too, like, oh my god. It's really her. Oh my god, she really sounds like Goku and Gohan. Oh my god, she's so good. Oh my god. She is really good. And you were <laughs> freaking out at she just boom between Goku and Gohan's voices. She just does it. It was so impressive. And I was squeeing along with the little girls. I was a little <laughs> sad at myself. But it was a lot of fun. It was really fun to watch. It's just so incredibly impressive how professional they are and good at what they do in good just, sports let's just say oh yeah good sports <laughs> she seems like she's uh doing her best not to totally patronize them when mm-hmm. they're saying their hellos and congrats and how awesome they are anything else you really want to say about this if we could focus on it we're gonna have to dig in and do a little bit of translations from it as nozawa has some uh little q a at the end of it were you able to pick anything out julian um well i i didn't watch that entire part so I, I i just felt um she was kind of being polite because yeah. we know what her opinions are of people who <laughs> of these whose, people. Um, career is to be an idol. Yeah, but she was, you know, she was polite and she seemed genu- genuinely um, happy to be a part of the 
situation. I wish they did more with uh, Horikawa. He was just kind of mm-hmm. hanging off to the side. He did a couple voices and just kind of nodded it's along. funny that when he started doing his lines, they cut to the girls and one of them was like freaking out. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, God. <laughs> um, I liked watching the girls try their piece at dubbing that uh, that one character because I was reading all of them. Yeah, like, were. no, girl, you suck. <laughs> You're the one who's better than you. I think the first one and then the last one, who is the leader, probably the best of them all. Yeah. I will note that the Minami Takahashi version, it's up to a certain point, I think maybe 12 or 15 minutes, the DVD is exactly the same. At that point, instead of doing all seven, it focuses almost exclusively on just that one girl from Team Dragon. So there are differences in the DVD, but it's still the PV, it's still the live performance, and still most of the visit to the studio. But there are little differences later on. I don't know if it's really worth picking up all the different versions to see that. No, pick your favorite girl. You don't know if it's worth it? I think the answer is, (laughs) unless you're a creepy stalker type person, no. All right, the the answer is no. It's really not worth it. I would say get the Team Dragon version, so you get the couple seconds with all of them just to see how terrible they are doing the little voice. It was a fun watch, though. I gotta give it that. It was certainly fun to see the studio and Nozawa and Horikawa. Of course, it's always amazing to see them doing what they do. She looks like my grandma. She does, with her bright red hair and her bright (laughs) lipstick and rosy cheeks and her glasses and just that very, very polite smile. And you know behind the smile and the glasses, she's ready to rip out their throats and get them out of the studio. Hey, what are you trying to say about my grandma? <laughs> no, I'm talking about Nozawa, not okay, grandma. Okay. She's very nice. Both of them are very nice. <laughs> <laughs> I, I enjoyed it a lot. Absolutely. I was surprised. Yeah, if you're going to pick up the CD single, I, I believe it's something like 1260 yen up to 1600 yen. You might as well spend those couple extra bucks to get one with the DVD. It's it's worth it to see the studio appearance and all that good stuff. I guess it's good. Uh, that's my take on it, Mary. You think it's worth the 16, Just the one. Bucks? Just one. No need to get two. Just <laughs> all right. choose one. And Julian, what about you? Mm, for me... No. All right. <laughs> so that's our uh, our podcast review of the Kokoro no Hane CD single. Like I said, we're going to have a written review up on the site. I got to get in Brazil and do some comparison screenshots so we can really take a look at if there's more to this PV than we otherwise thought there was. So with that topic done, I guess we're going to head on down to releases. Julian, can you do me a favor on the September 3rd, the Jump Special book? I'm pretty sure, click the Shueisha link. I'm pretty sure that they're saying um, they're not guaranteeing it's out on the 3rd, but it's definitely coming out sometime this month. It says um, it's uh, planned to be released this month. It does not say, um, well, its official release date is the 3rd, but um, since it's not out yet, I think it has the notice at the bottom. I guess they're planning on September 3rd, maybe or maybe not. Open to change. We'll see Subject it. to change. Possibly. Right, anyway, so that's coming from Shoeisha, 730 yen on September 3rd, we think. 160 pages, like we've been talking about, we're pretty sure it's going to be an animanga of the Jump Super Anime Tour special from 08. Um, Mary, I guess we'll head on down to you. Okay, on September 7th, that's a Tuesday, we've got the Viz Kids Chapter Book Volume 10. Wow, 10 volumes of this thing so far. I know, we haven't picked up a single one. I know, we're so bad. Um, This is 80 pages, and this one's called Strongest Under the Heavens. Uh, so I guess it's the Tenkaichi Budokai stuff. I'm sure it's it is. only $4.99 MSRP. Cool. You're very cheap. excited. I love anything that's cheap. <laughs> It still amuses me, the the idea of young readers' books 
of Dragon Ball just because of the amount of stuff that goes on early on in the series. And Goku wanted to sleep like he did with his grandfather. So he nestled down. <laughs> oh, well. All right, Julian, move on with here. Okay, September 14th, Tuesday. We have Dragon Box Z, Volume 4, which is... Volume 4 of the American DBZ Dragon Box. Uh, well, because they only had two volumes of the DBZ Dragon Box in Japan. Anyway, uh, it's coming out from Funimation, as you might suspect. And it contains Dragon Ball Z TV episodes 127 to 168, bringing us from pretty close, I guess, the beginning of the Jinzo Ningen arc into the Cell arc. Yep. Um, it's 5998 MSR. But you can pick it up for $44.99 pre-order at Amazon or $35.99 for pre-order at Right Stuff. Uh, we also have on the same day Dragon Ball let's see, Kai Part 2 on Blu-ray and DVD, also from Funimation, which can, and contains Kai episodes 14 to 26, which um, is the Saiyajin arc to, I forget. It's a little bit into Frieza. Uh, I know they're picking up the dead bodies in 17, so it's start of the Frieza okay. stuff. It's a uh, 4-3 aspect ratio on both Blu-ray and DVD, so standard TV ratio rather than the cropped widescreen. And MSRP is $54.98 on Blu-ray, $49.98 on DVD. The Blu-ray, however, can be had for $49.99 uh, $40 on Amazon and $41.24 on Right Stuff, while the DVD can be had for $36.99 on Amazon and $37.49 on Right Stuff. Actually, the DVD is more expensive on Right Stuff for a change. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I did notice that Right Stuff has been fluctuating their prices this last week. They've raised prices a little mm. bit as we're heading into release, so make sure you get those pre-orders in on either Amazon or Right Stuff. Uh, I guess we'll move on. September 18th, a Saturday, the Dragon Ball Kai 2011 calendar. This is a size A2. It's the standard Dragon Ball anime calendar stuff. It's uh, seven pages, so I'm pretty sure that means we're going to get two, two months, months per, per page. Yeah. Right. It is uh, 1,575 yen. It is a little bit discount on CD Japan at 1,500 yen. So about 15, 16 bucks you can get a calendar. Um, Mary, I guess we'll go to you. Okay, September 21st, uh, Tuesday, we got the Dragon Ball GT Complete Series on DVD. The whole kit and caboodle from Funimation. It's the whole series, which is episodes 1 through 64, plus the TV special. So this is just a repackaging of the two green bricks uh, just put together msrp is 69.98 but amazon's got it for 43.49 so quick and easy way to fill out your collection if you don't have it yet Yeppers. man i'd get it if we didn't have all the singles i know <laughs> like it's no, no. we got most of them in in terms of gt i'd rather have the singles because they have the japanese title cards and the previews which i'm pretty sure are cut out oh. of the green bricks okay so, mm. Just putting it out there. Uh, Julian, I guess you're going to take us to Japan and France. Wow. Thank you. Wow. I get so to travel generous. more. <laughs> it's going to take us there. Okay. So September 22nd, Wednesday, has Dragon Ball Kai soundtrack three and songs. It's catalog number COCX36424, and it's uh, going to be available for, for 2,940 yen. It includes TV side ver versions of Kokoro no Hane and supposedly songs for Trunks and Cell. Well, we know that it does now. Yes. Well, you didn't take out supposedly. Yeah, so I, I, just read I, that. I know. I'm, I'm trying to right speak around it and pretend that i didn't mess it up but you got to call attention to it that's fine <laughs> i won't let you edit around this one Mike. <laughs> anyway and it's 2800 yen at cd japan the also on september 27 we have the french kanzen bun release uh dragon ball volume 10 coming out from glena it's um 1055 in euros which is only 1002 
pre-order at Amazon France. I don't know why it's 10.02, but... Um... Yeah, it's a very specific price. <laughs> I know we mention mm-hmm. that every time. It's yeah. such a funny price. So bizarre. All right, wrapping up the month on September 30th, Dragon Ball Tag versus over in Japan from Namco Bandai. Multiplayer fighting, it's essentially sparking on the go. 5,229 yen MSRP. CD Japan selling video games now. They've got it for 49.80, and Play Asia's got it for just about MSRP at 59.90 in dollars. That's going to take care of uh, September's jam pack. Busy September. Yeah, September's full. October's going to be full. It's going to be a full couple months as we head into uh, holiday season. I guess we're going to do some emails now. Mr. Julian, why don't you read the first one here? Okay, so the first email comes from Ben, or HBI2K, and Ben says, Greetings, all-knowing sages of all things Dragon Ball Z. I've been watching through the anime again, and I happen to notice something in episode 36, The Terror of Muscle Tower, in which Goku fights a Terminator-like android named Major Metallitron in the Funimation translation of the anime, and Full Metal Jacket in the Viz translation of the manga. I believe he's Sergeant Metallic in Japanese version. Right. Anyway, um, at one point we see a brief and very Terminator-like android's eye view of Goku with a little aiming re- uh, reticule zeroing in on him and some text popping up on the right-hand side of the screen. Being the OCD nerd that I am, I paused my DVD to read what it said. Most of it was vaguely sciencey sounding gobbledygook, but prominently featured were the blinking words, Look Alien, next to an arrow pointing to Goku. Is this just meaningless English, or do you think Toriyama had already decided this early in the process that Goku was an alien and dropped a little hint for us through Toei. If my Googling skills have delivered true facts, this episode premiered in 1986, only two years into the Dragon Ball manga's run, and long before the Saiyan saga came around and retconned all the magical creatures into aliens. Right. Oh, so I did pull a screen cap up for all of us to take a look at, and indeed, it says, look, aliens. (laughs) (laughs) Look, aliens. (laughs) It is pluralized. So we sort of answered this during our Otakon panel Q&A, which I know I attacked on a podcast episode uh, a couple weeks ago, but uh, during the response thread, our buddy Herms popped in to note that Toriyama's interview in Daisenshu 4 says he certainly didn't plan it from the beginning. Everything we have points to him deciding on some of this stuff around Kami, um, Goku meeting him, Kami-sama, God, the 23rd Budokai onward, which is when he said he came up with the idea of Piccolo being an alien. Um, another little tidbit here is Heath noted during the Otakon Q&A during the very first story arc Oolong actually refers to Goku as an alien uh, I wonder ingest. huh it might be Goku he has such weird hair he looks like an alien well I think that's really what it is or maybe to- androids just consider everything that's not a machine to be an alien <laughs> Well, Goku is so strange. We have Toriyama saying, no, I wasn't planning on them being aliens for quite some time. He decided on Piccolo and Kami being aliens around the time that he introduced Kami. So that's pretty interesting. But we didn't really get any answer on when he decided that Goku would be an alien and we'd have the science and all that jazz. Um, I really think it's Toriyama just going back and reconning, coming up with ideas later on. He made it very convenient for himself to be able to do it, but all evidence points to, no, it was a much later decision. That's all I got. Julian, anything you want to toss in? Mm, I think that sounds about right. And I feel like maybe if we went back and looked at some, maybe it would be the Terminator, but we'd have to see what kind of stuff is actually on the Terminator's display as he looks at different people. Oh, I've got but both I movies, so I should uh, pop them in and take a look. I've been meaning to do a fun little comparison of Mind Power versus uh, the Terminator bit. That's just a project <laughs> that I've never gotten to. I'll get to it eventually. Uh, all right, Mary, why don't you read the uh, second and last email we're going to do this episode from Sim? All righty. 
I just recently listened to your new podcast episode regarding the manga review of the Cell game. I haven't really thought much about the logic of Future Trunks and his relationship with his master Gohan. However, I thought it was really interesting to note that Future Trunks lost his best friend and master Gohan in his timeline, but also witnessed young Gohan save the future. I don't know if Toriyama intended the story to progress like that or if it was just a fluke. It's something I hadn't really thought about until I listened to this podcast, so I'm not sure if it's something you guys have already mentioned. Let me know what you think. Great to see you're still podcasting at 200 plus episodes. That is neat. Mary, I, I, I guess as... <laughs> all right, it's oh, time, God, dude. Okay, can we go like one episode with not saying it? <laughs> <laughs> I was a resident trunk person. No, do you have any thoughts on that? That's a really good point, and maybe I've thought of this before, but... <laughs> But hearing this, I'm like, oh, okay, I haven't really thought about that. That's a good point, that his life is kind of uh, having a, uh, I don't know, coming full circle almost, like Gohan yeah. that he knows, plus new Gohan in this timeline saving the world. I think it's a neat little touch. Um, Gohan has a big influence on him, both in his original timeline and seeing what this Gohan does with this timeline. I don't know if Toriyama would have intended, you know, for this to happen. Uh, that's a for, recurring theme. For Trunks' sake, I think Gohan would have been the hero of the story anyway, regardless yeah, yeah. of if Trunks was there or not, and the fact that he was his master in his timeline. It just, you know, it would have happened anyway, I think. Julian, I know we're all fans of the time travel and seeing all the different things go on. Is this what you would expect to see happen? Was kind of the Gohan variations and all through Trunks's eyes just seeing it different ways? I don't know. Well, I suppose. I mean, certainly you have the fact that he doesn't really get back the person that he lost, but he's able to witness the other Gohan grow up a little bit, so it's kind of neat. Yeah, you know, you think back to what Trunks and his mom were talking about when they realized that even if you go back in time and save and change what's going on there, it's not going to affect our time, but I like how Trunks decides, well, it's so awful here that even if it doesn't help, it's worth doing and worth saving that time. That's pretty neat. It's going to be one of the reasons you like Trunks so much, Mary. Yeah. He's, he's so, so selfless. selfless. <laughs> I love it. All right, Mary, people have questions, comments, responses, etc. All that going? good stuff. Email us at podcast at com. P-O-D-C-A-S-T at D-A-I-Z-E-X.com. You can also hit us up on Twitter at DiezX. Or on Facebook at facebook.com slash DiezX, where you've got, like, what, 700 people? Yeah, it's over 700 people who like us. That's where the videos from our Oticon panel are being hosted. I mean, obviously, you can go watch them on the website as well, but kind of little sneak peeks over there, because that's where they go up first. Facebook is a, it's a nice place. We've got Facebook. We've got Twitter. We've got chat. We've got forum. We've got email. You've got rhythm. <laughs> we got Maybe. rhythm. We've got music. <laughs> We've got heart. We will save the future with music. Julian's going to sing us to uh, salvation. Who could ask for anything more? All right, folks. That was episode 231. Great to have everyone here with me. I got Mary. I got Julian. Couldn't ask for much more right now. Uh, Julian, things are going good? What's up? Um, It's hot. Yeah, we know. Basically. It's hot in here, too. Uh, School starts up officially next week. I had a couple of classes with the son and say this week, but it was just me showing them pictures. Gotcha. And next week there's the opening ceremony, but due to the scheduling quirks, I don't actually have any classes until the week after. So relaxing. Cool. You think we'll uh, hear from you in the next couple of weeks on the show? Hopefully. And with any luck, maybe we'll have um, found an apartment to move into. Sweet. Looking forward to that. Can't wait to see. I, you gotta do pictures. It seemed like and... you were just moving, too. I know, I know. Well, it was back in April. 
it was a temporary thing, basically, un- until everything sort of calmed down a bit so we could actually move into our own place. All right. Well, good to have you with us this episode, man. All right. Well, it's good to be able to talk to you again. And Mary, thank you for joining us as well as always. Oh, thanks for having me on the show. Want to plug anything? No, thanks. All right. So Mary can be found, I'm just going to say, along with Julian and I every week here on the show, X. Uh, Julian, where's that website at, man? Well, I believe we can be found at www.dizex.com. That's Konzentai. Wait, that's <laughs> dizex.com. We are all friends and collaborate. Stop, collaborate, and listen. <laughs> that's what Stop, I'm talking about. Stop, collaborate, and listen. <laughs> Next week on the show, speaking of uh, our folks, our buddies at Konzentai, Assuming Heath gets his copies in, I'd like to talk about the Extreme Battle Collection guidebooks, the two that have come out. That's our tentative plan for next week. But if uh, all of us can't get together and talk about them, then we'll, we have some other stuff we can toss into the mix, some other things we've been waiting to get to. So that's the tentative plan. We'll see you next week for Mary across from me over here. Bye-bye. For Julian across the ocean over in Japan. Hey. My name is Mike, and we'll see you next week here on the show for 232. Wrap it up, man. This has been Daisenshu EX the podcast. Thanks for catching us this week. Listen to us again next time. This week we are going. This week we are going to cover the Coco. I can't talk. This has been Daisu. <laughs> this. It's been a while.